0: Welcome to the Irish Spirits Podcast. This is our Christmas special, The Irish Coffee, which aired on December 25th, 2020. If you want to drink along with us, you can find the recipe on our Instagram, at Irish Spirits Podcast. Please drink responsibly.
1: spirits a podcast about folklore and drinking a natural venn diagram of irish culture Each week we will have a theme, whether it's ghosts, fairies or mythical creatures, we will discuss the stories and lore, all while drinking a themed cocktail made by our phantom bartender.
0: Tonight it's just Cuiva and Laura, so we have to be our own bartenders for this little Christmas special. Uh, We're in work together, so we are in fact recording in a person. And we're drinking our own version of Irish coffees. Uh, Basically we're putting booze in our coffee. And that's how you make things Irish, so tea, soda, gravy, swimming pools, whatever, just throw booze (laughs) in it and make it Irish.
1: Um, But we'll talk more about it in a little while. Before that I want to introduce you guys to witch balls. What's that you say? What's that? (laughs) They are brightly coloured glass spheres which are often hung in the windows of homes in England in the 18th century used to ward off evil spirits and witches. These used to be suspended from ceilings and were supposed to ward off those evil spirits. We do have one in Ireland. There's a lovely blue one in the National Museum of Ireland, lovely. and it dates around 1800. But the ball was originally part of the personal collection of Harry Percival, Swan, of Buncranna in County Donegal. Now, Swan bequeathed his collection to the Royal Irish Academy, who then transferred it to the museum in the 70s. You can actually still buy them today. The exact provenance of the ball that we have is unknown. However, glass pieces of this nature were often produced in Nailsea and Somerset around this time. Could it be then that the odd one was found hanging in Ireland as well? Hmm. They weren't common, but you can find them here too. So the Oxford Dictionary of English Folklore states that their purpose was to attract and neutralise the evil eye of a passing witch, either by reflecting it back upon her or... Or by puzzling her with the pattern the belief at the time was that the bright colors of the ball after enticing the witch and possibly other darker spirits would trap them inside it and thus protect the home from such negativity great handy <laughs> one would say they're a rare find in ireland as i'm already mentioned but there were some And it's because we already had a very similar tradition in Ireland and existed mainly in rural areas where herbs such as rosemary were tied in ribbon and hung over a front door to protect the house. Now, it is also because historically belief in witches and their powers differed between Ireland and Britain. In England, around the time this ball was manufactured, witchcraft was viewed as as an evil doing and was punishable by law the Witchcraft Act of 1735 brought with it penalties for any person who claimed to have the power to engage with spirits or to foretell the future. In the eyes of the law, they were regarded as con artists and subjected to fines and imprisonment. The ball in Ireland dates to 1800, so there was still a belief in the power of witches, even when the ball was being created. However, here though, witches were more commonly known as wise women or fairy doctors, And rather than being demonised, were often regarded as important members of a community. And it would be inadvisable to cross them, Quiva.
0: Yeah, we were much more chill with witches. (gasps) Way more. And we're going to have a witch episode coming up in the future. For sure. And we'll probably talk about, well, really the exceptions. The ones that we did hate and did punish. But for the most part, witches were like, like your local... Pharmacist, yeah, like you're kind of like that's a chamon-y kind of. Yeah, that's just the witch vibe. Ah, yeah. Sure. Still a few people, still a few towns around Ireland that have their local witch.
1: What you call me? <laughs> the ball in the museum has a piece of string inside it, which is attached to a small twig, allowing it to be hung safely. We have little information of the ball that Ireland has passed, or how it came into the possession of its collector, but it's in excellent condition. In the 18th century, some people who displayed witch balls believed that rather than enticing witches, the witches themselves helped to enchant these balls in order to entrap the more sinister spirits inside them. And the National Museum have put up a great sentence. They said, there is no way of knowing what has been captured in our in their own witch ball, but one might like to believe that it is helping to protect their glass collection. Among which, among among which, it, yeah. among which it sits on display in Collins barracks.
0: That's really cool. And I haven't, well, I probably have seen it, but I don't recall it. But I'm honestly impressed by any glass item that's more than, like, two years old. Cause oh, no. I break everything. You do. I
1: am always breaking um, stuff. Didn't we say in this podcast how your glasses just randomly fling themselves off your washing machine? They just machines?
0: throw themselves off, the, <laughs> like, shelves. I don't know how it happens. I'll just be holding it and it'll explode. I just, I think all of my glasses are possessed. Maybe all your glasses have evil spirits in them and I they just don't they know. I think they must do. Yeah, I think they must do. Because they're just always, like, jumping off stuff.
1: But it's Christmas Day, Quiva. Well, it'll be Christmas Day when this comes out. Why are it's we Christmas talking about balls at Christmas? You're always talking about balls. <laughs> Full stop. Well, it is sometimes claimed that the modern Christmas ornament ball or bauble is descended from the witch ball. I love the name, the word bauble. I love the Bobble. word bauble. Isn't I think it's
0: fam? lovely. Go on. That's what just on, <laughs> yeah, I just want. I think it's lovely. It's just a lovely word, bauble. It feels really <laughs> nice in the mouth, bauble. Oh, this Tia Maria is hitting hard. <laughs>
1: it really is. <laughs> so the ornament was allegedly originally placed on the tree to dispel a visitor's envy at the presents left beneath the tree. However, as the modern Christmas baubles' origins are documented in in Germany in 1847, the provenance of this claim is debatable. But it's an interesting theory, nonetheless. Yeah, I like it. So there is a mention in the 1933 A Time of Gifts book that the daughters of a hotel o- owner in Germany were hanging witch balls on their Christmas tree, okay. suggesting a link then to modern baubles. Presumably, the glass spheres would reflect the candlelight to then, which of course, blind the witch. Oh, and to make it nice and sparkly in Christmas. Oh my God, that's the kind of shit I'm into. But there are other Christmas traditions in Ireland, though.
0: Yeah. Um. So I was going to talk a little bit about mummers. Now we already talked about mummers in our Halloween episode, mm. I think. Um, because it's kind of like trick or treating, and it's kind of like wassailing. Um, which is where we got a drink from in yes. the Sowen episode. And the see the old stingy Jack. Oh,
1: Yum. God. That was really nice. I still think about that. And I'm like, I should make another one of those. I it's made really Mull's spicy. wine last night. And my dad was like, you already made this for me. And I was like, no, I made a mulled cider. Just Mull everything. I just Mull everything now. Oh, it's great. Mulling just, all over the shop.
0: Yeah, just mulling all day, mulling all night.
1: <laughs> anyway, there's nothing Not else to fucking do at the I moment. Else to do.
0: All we do is mull, mull, mull. <laughs> no matter what. Very <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so the the mummers um, Yeah, so it's a bit like trick-or-treating A bit like wassailing But it's more of a play than singing And originally they would have been silent So if you use the term keeping mum Like it's kind of an old-fashioned phrase But mum meant silent So they have the same origin. That's amazing. I didn't know where that came from. Yeah, so Keeping Mum comes from the same origin as as Mummers because it was like more of a mime. Mm. So it was kind of like a mime version of caroling or -or Mm. trick-or-treating. And historically, Mummers would have been all male. Um, I found a story on Ducas, which we haven't been on in ages. I feel like Ooh, I haven't yeah. had a good Dukas story in a while. So this is from a guy called John Mangan. Um, and he has a little song. But first he was talking about um, mummers. So uh, this is uh, from Ducas. So about two weeks before Christmas, the mummers call at the houses in the district. Then they continue calling to different houses until Christmas Day. They always come at night. They're grown-up boys in the neighbourhood. They're dressed in white and wear false faces and hats with ribbons of every colour. And some of them wear straw hats and they say rhymes such as best poet poet voice i don't even know how this scans really but anyway room room gallant room give us room to rhyme and we'll show you some activity upon a christmas time for christmas comes but once a year when it comes it brings good cheer here comes i with divil a doubt if there was 12 in i could knock 24 out here comes i jack straw such a man you never saw through a rock, through a reel, through an old shining wheel, through a bag of water, through a miller's hopper, through an old man's shin shank bone. Here comes I. Was that supposed to rhyme? Whatever. Here comes I, wee fiddlety funny, I am the man who carries the money. Money I want and money I crave, if you don't give me money, I will sweep you all to the grave. Here comes I, Beelzebub, I am the man that carries the club. In my hand, a dripping pan, and surely you'll find me a jolly wee man. Here comes I, wee Dr. Brown. I am the best wee doctor in the town. That's the end of it. And then he says, The mummers never come after Christmas. The people in this district have the feast on Christmas Day. That was just the end of his little story. Um, So some of that poem is good. Some of it's shite. uh, (laughs) But he might be just misremembering it. So it seems like They have loads of different characters and they're just sort of performing. So they started off, uh, maybe they should have stayed
1: silent because (laughs) that poem is terrible. I kind of like the bit where he's like, if you don't give me money, I'll (laughs) club you to you to to death.
0: I'll sweep you all to the grave. That's, yeah, that's a pretty, he craves money grim uh, maybe this is a little bit grim <laughs> a <little> bit <laughs> scary <in. laughs> for, weird for christmas, like that's what's happening
1: at your house at the door at christmas yeah christmas get me your money or i'll sweep you into or the grave i kind of like how trick-or-treating just continued right through to december in yeah. Ireland. yeah <laughs> you're like just a
0: year-long thing of people wearing weird clothes and going to your house and being like give me some money <laughs>
1: I'm kind of i'm into it uh, but what a year it has been I mean, speaking of all year long, it has been a bit of a Halloween all feckin' year. I know. It's been and a hell- not in a fun way. Not in a fun way. I mean, like everything's been against this podcast, I'm genuinely surprised we actually managed to get episodes. We did um, it. But thank you yes. so much for sticking with us, guys. Yeah, we appreciate thanks to everyone it. who listened. Wow. But we are Irish spirits, so I do have a Christmas ghost story for you. Woo! You sit down. Yeah, we are. We're, we're both sitting, sitting down. down. Have you heard of the Lady of the Lake? Yeah, but probably a different one. Uh, yeah. I, the the one it, who drew forth Excalibur? Yeah, not her. The watery tart from... Um, <laughs> well, this is, from another wa- this is another watery tart. Maybe there's a bit of a link between the story. But, I'm sorry. <clears throat> so the story brings us to the county of Limerick, but more specifically outside the city to Curra Chase Forest Park, home to the ruined Curra Chase Manor. It is quite derelict, so naturally it's lovely and creepy and dark and a bit woo. This once-elegant manor strikes an odd contrast with the surrounding, cheerfully green estate park. So, once the reigning jewel of the land, Curra Chase was gutted by a fire on Christmas Eve in 1941. This fire engulfed the whole house and the family home, which was teeming with history, culture and knowledge. All of its artefacts were reduced to a blackened, hollowed-out corpse of a shell of a house. And it was simply then just closed off and left to slowly decay. In the mid-19th century, poet laureate Alfred Lord Tennyson stayed for several weeks in Currachase House and was very close to the Devere family. In homage to his Irish friends, Tennyson wrote the very famous poem Lady Clara vere, a poem about a noblewoman and an aristocratic family. It is during his stay at Currachase that Tennyson encountered the Lady of the Lake. So visitors to Curra Chase have reported supernatural occurrences over the years. One particular artist who was staying with these previous owners, the Devere family, sketched the image of a young ghostly girl on the staircase with her feet not touching the actual stairs, not touching the ground. Ooh. Guests of the family would also often comment on seeing mysterious lights as they ascended the stairs. Warnings have also been made not to venture into Curragh Chase after midnight as demonic coaches with headless drivers are seen dashing through the grounds. Oh, crazy. In a no head open sleigh. <laughs> <laughs> That's really <Sorry. ridiculous>. good. <laughs> okay. Good job, good job. Thank you, babe. So, a bit like the Dulahan. Yes, a bit like the Dulahan. I think there's kind of similar Dulahan stories all around. Like a Santa Dulahan or something. <laughs> So during Lord Tennyson's stay in Curra Chase, he insisted that he had seen the spectre of a lady with a sheathed sword rise from the lake, with her arm outstretched, pointing to the house. So on the night before Christmas, and all through the house, all the house, in 1941, a tree was said to have leaned towards the stately home and a solitary branch outstretched in an exact replica of Tennyson's Lady of the Lake sighting. The so Tennyson was there about a century before 1941, remember? Oh my god. So the fire was said to be started by the tree branch, smashing through a window and knocking over a candelabra. Oh, fun. That's what started the fire. So while the Lady of the Lake has been reported climbing from the murky, misty waters many a night, every Christmas Eve, she rises aglow, a burning effigy transfixed on the skeleton of Currachae. Just looking at the house. Local legend claims that it was the ghostly figure of this lake that was seen by Tennyson that as I mentioned was a foreboding. Because she literally copies the exact stance or what he described as to what the tree then later did a hundred years later. Blimey. Kind of like a premonition. And then it's also said that the ghost of the lady of the lake, as as I said, appears on Christmas Eve. She can all, she can sometimes climb out of the water and be seen, or just be seen burning on the lake, just a burning figure just on the lake itself. Uh, looking towards this ruined house. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas <laughs> that is pretty spooky it is pretty spooky. is pretty spooky for but like for Christmas Eve that's pretty bleak yeah
0: oh anyway Ooh. spooksome yeah all right well since Alex isn't here I'll talk a little bit about what we're drinking Oh, um, we miss you all yeah let's see <laughs> if I can do just an as an, an, an amazing of a job <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so as I said, we're kinda of drinking Irish coffees. We're drinking coffees that we have Irished. Um like I'm sure I'm sure the Irish have been putting whiskey in coffee since coffee game to Ireland, basically. <laughs> um but Irish coffee has as a cocktail actually has a really solid origin story, mm. so I thought I'd tell it. Mm. Um so it was apparently invented in nineteen forty three, which oh, I feel like is not a bit long... late. yeah, I thought it would have been earlier, but mm. it was officially named, let's say. Oh. Uh, in nineteen forty three at Foynes Air Base, which is uh near Limerick, I think.
1: Oh, all the spooky things are happening yeah. in Limerick.
0: Um I forgot to write it down. Uh anyway, this guy, uh one winter evening there was this chef, Joe Sheridan. Um he, I think he was actually from the north. I think he was from Tyrone, but he he worked here at Foynes Air Base, which was like a small uh airport mostly where like very wealthy people and fancy people would have like turnarounds. Mm. Um so, like celebrities and stuff. Uh, and there was a flight that had a turnaround and it was delayed there. So, the chef created a drink to keep the passengers warm and happy, um, which was coffee with sugar and whiskey and cream. Mm. Um, so, he served this and everyone loved it. And this American guy asked, This is the story. Um, he asked, Is this Brazilian coffee? Is this Brazilian coffee? I was like, Do the accent. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> Some American asked, Is this Brazilian coffee? So, <laughs> I'll do it again (laughs) (laughs) Is this Brazilian coffee? (laughs) Beer Beer. Thank you And Sheridan said No it's Irish coffee Uh, An American travel writer Named Stan Delaplane Which is a fucking great name So good Wow He wears a travel writer And his name's Delaplane Yeah Of the plane
1: Start of the plane?
0: <laughs> yeah. Stan of the plane. And he found this drink on a plane. Uh, right. And he went home and he told his friend, who was the owner of Buena Vista, uh, about it. But they couldn't recreate it. So they hired Joe Sheridan to make it for them. So they hired him so over there's in an America official... based
1: on this drink. Wow. So it's like an action, like, like an official official recipe then.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, this is the official recipe for Irish coffee. I really am going to hate saying this. Oh, Cream. oh, I can see it. <laughs> Oh, it's so twee. Cream, rich as an Irish brogue. Oh, no, I don't like it. Coffee, strong as a friendly hand. My Irish accent is worse than my American accent. (laughs) Sugar, sweet as the tongue of a rogue. Whiskey, smooth as the wit of the land. Oh, that's another rhyme okay oh any. Oh, Eddie. yeah oh we only read that name too busy to making fun of it mm. it's supposed to rhyme anyway um so yeah you can tell it was made for tourists <laughs> because it's uh ugh, that's Actually, how the recipe goes fun fact before you give,
1: give the recipe do you ever go to like a pool when tourists are here and they they order irish coffees in a pub yeah. and they they're ready to have their irish coffee they have it in front and they're taking all the instagram photos then they go to sip it and you just see their faces just go <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird drink. because they're just like they, they. I don't think it was what they were expecting. So they're just like, oh god, that's that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it makes me so happy. And it's all
0: delicious things that I really like. But just combining them is just. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really enjoying retake. this one that we mm. have here, but. um It is an acquired taste. The first time I had one, I was like, what the hell? How could coffee, cream, sugar, and whiskey let me down? (laughs) Um, So the real, the the actual recipe with the the rhyme is uh, four ounces of strong hot coffee, one and a half ounces of Irish whiskey. Um, We're using coffee liqueur because we have some. Uh, Two tablespoons of brown sugar. We also didn't use this because Team Maria has sugar in it already. And one ounce of whipped cream. And we're using a Bailey's cream, which we had already. We already had this. (laughs) This is our leftovers. Um, we just have this lying around. Yep, because that's the kind of people we are. <laughs> um, so you're supposed to warm the mug first. Um, mm-hmm. We got our coffee from uh, Bear Market, so it's in a paper cup, but it's still mm-hmm. delicious. Um, pour in the sugar and coffee and stir until dissolved. So if you're using like instant coffee, you put the sugar and granules in and then add the hot water. Uh, then you add the whiskey, stir again, and then pour the cream over the spoon, so over like the back of a spoon to float it on top. Should and are it again. Floating, yeah. Well, we didn't bother, we just dumped it in. But it, oh, yeah. if you have whipped cream, it's gonna float mm-hmm. because it's got that air in it, so the whipped cream Sorry, will float. What, what kind of cream? Whipped. Interesting. <laughs> Shut up. Whipped cream. And um, if you're using it, it, it actually calls for like sort of semi whipped cream, so it's like a liquidier cream. Stop laughing at how I say whipped. Um. So it's like a liquidier cream, so you have to float over the back of the spoon mm-hmm. but if you have the aerated cream like we used <laughs> you can just dunk it in really that's very good <laughs> um, so instead of doing any of this we got our coffee from Bear Market which is near where we work and we lobbed in some tea maria that we had already because um, that's what happened when we are unsupervised we okay. don't have our cocktail maker so we're just Sorry, doing whatever Alex. we want it's going to be like afflict his sensibilities
1: oh. <laughs> why didn't they measure <laughs> anything like, gross um so, yeah, that's about it, I think. Oh, that is about it. Well, it was, I mean, it was a mini Christmas Just special. a little, little Christmas treat. And I hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully you were equally amount interested and scared of our creepy story. Mm-hmm. So, Queeva, darling, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody listening as well. Merry Christmas, Alex. It couldn't Christmas, be Alex. here. And we hope that you enjoyed this Christmas episode of Irish Spirits. It was only a little mini one. And that you have a very Merry Christmas. If you want to get in touch, we have an email, Irish Spirits Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Irish Spirits Podcast and on Twitter, which we never check, at Irish Spirits Pod. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the
0: Irish Spirits Podcast. It was written and produced by Queel Creed, Laura Fitzakri, and Alex Buckley. And some of our main sources were weaverscoffee.com, Ducas.ie, museum.ie, wildernessireland.com, Wikipedia, and DarkemeraldTales.com. Cheers. Sláinte. Sláinte.